0: Welcome to episode 67 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. When today's guest reached out to us, she was hoping for a space to tell her authentic story. She sent along 3 pages of a testimonial she'd written and shared with her teammates on the Texas A&M Track and Field team. The first paragraph went as such: quote, "I believe that in this generation, following your dreams is something that has often been overlooked and ignored." Being constantly reminded of the reality and the complexity of the quote, real world, we as millennials have often been told to chase after the dreams that are quote, realistic, and to set expectations for ourselves that are deemed with quote, reason. I believe that this is wrong, and my faith in God has definitely shown me that. After hearing the determined tone with which she wrote the next three pages, I knew the closer mentality could be the place to help her story gain its legs. So without further ado, meet Jean Jenkins. The Houston, Texas native ran everything from the two mile down to the four by 200 meter relay in high school and was actively being recruited by dozens of colleges and universities as far away as New England. She opted instead to stray only an hour and a half away in College Station.
1: Originally, I was thinking about going out of state because I I personally was just, you know, interested in, like, the adventure, but before I thought about it, I was like, you know, um, let's just kind of try to stay in Texas, so, like, let's say something bad does happen. I'm not, like, halfway across the country, and I can't see my mom or my family, um, and, like, I grew up running in Texas weather, so, like, all my coaches were like, you know, it probably would do your best to, like, stay like where you're familiar with, you know, in Texas, and then plus you can always come back home, closest to home. So I then I found myself wanting to stay closer to home. Um, running was just kind of always something I felt like kept me grounded, and kind of allowed me to kind of just um, mentally just relax and just enjoy, like, you know, if I was upset about something, if I um, had a lot of stress in my mind, like, I just take it out and work out. And I'm good for another, I'm good for the rest of the day. I don't have to think about it or, um, school's not going super great. I just take it out on the workout, you know? Um, you know, it's not always mentally thinking about, Oh, like, I'm just gonna, I'm so angry. I'm just take it out on the workout. It's just kind of just doing it, just not thinking about anything, just coming to practice and laughing with your friends or getting through a hard workout together. Like you're just not thinking about anything else. And it feels,
0: it feels amazing. Jenkins followed that coping mechanism to the Texas A&M middle distances, specializing in the 800 meter. She set Texas A&M indoor records for performances in the 1,000 and 800 meter races. She set personal bests that freshman season, which opened the door to competing at SEC championships. She had first place medals and runner-up accolades galore. Sophomore year, she opened the indoor season winning the Revee Invitational and the Ted Nelson Invitational, She also placed sixth in the Charlie Thomas Invitational before her 2020 outdoor season was canceled due to COVID. During that time, Jenkins was coordinating a plan to advocate for social inclusion. She helped found Blueprint, a Texas A&M black student athlete group. Blue, an acronym for Black Leaders Who Undertake Excellence, served to connect that section of the Aggie student athletes together toward a common goal. When you're a student athlete, that's kind of your job,
1: you know? um Takes apart a lot of your day and your time. You, you plan your whole schedule around practice and like having nutrition, getting recovery. And then, you know, you have you compete every weekend. So there's not a whole lot of time that you can mentally like allocate for like other areas unless you like really plan for it or it's like really important to you. um But a lot, of, not a lot of those conversations were being had. So, um, We decided going into my senior year, um, it was kind of after some of the George Floyd and some social injustice were things of, I want to say two summers ago were going on. First, uh, we had a unity walk that I proposed originally um, to one of our athletic directors. Um, It was to support social injustice, but to bring together student athletes to do um, peaceful protest on campus um it was really beautiful um and it was kind of right before blueprint was announced but it was kind of just to let like the community know let student-athletes know let um our other mentors and coaches know that you know social justice is not just something for the black community or um it's not just something for um you know the community to speak about. Like, we're student athletes, we have a platform. We are more than capable. We're very educated to speak about this, but in a peaceful way to bring change. So what can we do as an to bring that change? So um, it was a very beautiful day, like, um, it was perfect. We, like, walked around campus um, and we had a whole, um, we had a whole event for it and it was great. We had t-shirts and everything and um, I loved it. And then we had 12 new productions, make like a video ad for us and everything. And um, from then on, we had different events that we had planned throughout the year. Um, and then Carmen Sample, she was the president of Blueprint. And then we had Chase Lane. He's on football team. He was the um, treasurer, I believe. You had um, K- Keldrick um, Carper. He was the... I want to say, um, secretary and then, um, or public relations officer. Um, and then we had Sierra Johnson and I think she was, um, secretary. And then for my role, I did social media and marketing. Um, so that was what was interesting because I kind of going into that, Before I joined Blueprint, I kind of was already interested in 12 Man Productions. I was getting more involved with like um, doing stuff with like athletics through student athlete engagement, just with my mentors and stuff, I'd volunteer for events. And then I was starting to get more involved with things like 12 Man Productions and just helping them out with different events that I was volunteering for, or just being around like the student athlete um, mentors and advisors. Um, and it wasn't until like I went to a couple meetings with specifically Twelfth Productions that I was like you know I kind of like the media and videography, photography, graphics stuff. This is kind of cool. Like, um, and I just asked myself like, what does Gene like do for fun? Like in our off time or like what is something I'm always doing? And I was like, for well, one, like I love photography. I like taking pictures, like editing pictures. I like editing content. And um, eventually. Um, I knew I wanted to do media production. So, just having a role in Blueprint, um, something I was really passionate about, you know, whether it was social injustice or just getting to build the Black community um, at my school for Black student athletes and kind of bring our Black community on campus and student athletes together as one um, was just something that was really just a once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, I really feel like I found myself not only through Blueprint, but just through college, all these things, just just God opened all these doors. And um, I feel like that really just
0: (laughs) allowed me to become like the leader that I am today. Blueprint's three pillars are educate, equip, and empower. Jenkins says that those three play a huge role in everyone's daily life, not strictly student athletes.
1: Educate is really, All our events, we kind of like to have some form of like, um, kind of educational like advice or um, discussion um, or some type of I guess content that people can take away from and um, just better educate themselves or just to um, better equip themselves personally um, equip is we wanna give people the tools to feel like they can succeed. And um, whether that's like having mentors or having just people they can talk to or opening other opportunities to meet, you know, people on campus or um, stuff like that. We wanna equip people with those opportunities. And then um, empower. I think the biggest part of Blueprint is the fact that um, we assume athletes have the ability to empower people, whether or not it's just as Black student athletes for Blueprint, whether it's for um, other student athletes in general, but it's for people in general. um, It's a gift to be here. It's a gift to go texting them and to have an organization that um, is is built towards um, just inspiring and moving people to see themselves their authentic selves is more than just student athlete, but something so much bigger. um, I think it's a really phenomenal thing. And I'm really privileged to be a part of that. I just want to be able to give someone else an opportunity to feel like they can be their authentic selves. And they are so much more than just student athlete. I don't ever want a student athlete to just come here and be so caught up in their athletic abilities that they don't recognize that there's so much more power within themselves and there's so much more they can do. And then after college, you know, life is what happens next if you're not a professional or you don't go pro or, um, you know, if you still want to keep running, that's great. But, you know, you also
0: want to know what you're getting a degree for. Issues arose when Jenkins entered her junior season with the Aggies. Her health started to take a nosedive. She had been diagnosed with sickle cell trait which affects the body's red blood cells. Most individuals who inherit sickle cell trait and not the disease do so without any symptoms. For those with SCT symptoms, the diagnosis comes with pain, anemia, blood clots, and low oxygen supply to tissues. As a collegiate runner, that already placed Jenkins at a distinct disadvantage. In an effort to take control of her health, Jenkins began monitoring her caloric intake. She looked in the mirror and no longer saw a runner's body. She started comparing herself to her teammates, most of whom were 15 pounds lighter than herself. If only she could lose some weight, she might be able to run faster. One teammate in particular became the muse. That seed planted deeply in her psyche, and Jenkins started down a dangerous disordered eating path. I was emotionally dealing with a lot
1: of things at the time. Um, And I told myself I wanted to, I really wanted to change, I really wanted to do this. Um... I was about 150 pounds like that was my race weight it was pretty consistent and like when you're a runner um especially going your freshman year I don't know about other people I ate a lot so um I just felt like I was maybe eating too much because I was a little heavier looking than I feel like some of my other teammates but also I was pretty tall so um I felt like it just felt kind of uncomfortable like seeing my teammates, you know, they're, like, all, like, 130s, or, like, they're 128s, you know, and I'm that 150 girl, you know, I'm tall, and there's, like, two other girls that were, like, around my height, but everyone was around the same weight, except for me, and um, there'd be a couple moments where, like, you know, some jokes would be made about, like, you know, that I was a bigger girl, or, like, I was thick, you know, and I kind of, like, you know, freshman year, you know, I'm running great and everything, so it doesn't really matter to me. Like, it still will bother me sometimes, but, like, I wouldn't say anything because I was running well, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> but then, like, you know, over time, um, going to sophomore year and just then going to junior year, um, it was, like, more than just little comments. It was just, like, my personal, like, self-esteem. I had um, so much pressure for myself that I want to be better for the team I wanted to compete I made it to I made it to regionals my freshman year um, for outdoor and that was pretty far and um, I wanted to make it again sophomore year I just missed it sophomore year and then um, junior year I just told myself you know like um, I really want to be good this year and I feel like I just felt like for whatever reason like maybe it's like I'm just carrying too much weight you know Um, I ran so much, but, like, I just felt like I was so heavy all the time. It wasn't I stopped, like, just eating. It was just, like, I ate. I didn't eat enough calories. And over time, when you're competing and you're training, as much as we do, we train pretty much Monday through Friday, Saturday. And we lift three times a week. And when you're a mid-distance runner, you run a lot. So... Um, if you're not feeling yourself correctly, you're going to lose a lot of weight and you're not gonna just lose a lot of weight, you're gonna lose a lot of muscle. You're gonna lose, you're gonna lose, you know, a lot. I found myself not only losing so much weight, I lost myself mentally because it got to the point where I was happy to see that I looked small. I was so happy to see that I was small and that um, I looked like my teammates, even though I knew I wasn't healthy. Like. The thing was, I was mentally telling myself I was healthy. I was mentally telling myself I was good. You know, I was so excited that I was, you know, I couldn't fit my jeans anymore. I was so excited that like my legs looked smaller. Um, used to have a huge insecurity about my legs, my arms. You know, a lot of people don't realize. Um, you know, we say things to people like as a joke. You know, jokes are great and everything, but you never know like, what someone is going through mentally. Um, and how much like maybe one other joke just has been adding on to a bunch of jokes that people have been saying for years.
0: Jenkins lost more than 20 pounds over a three-month span. She was critically restricting her diet, using coffee as an appetite suppressant, and carrying a container of Tums to calm her stomach. When she looked in the mirror, she finally saw her teammates staring back at her. What she didn't anticipate was that the body that had won her the races the previous two years wasn't able to sustain that success without consistent fuel? Exactly what she was depriving it of.
1: Yeah, I got to a point where uh, my teammates kind of noticed that I was spiraling, and you know, you go from being a 150-pound athlete like Stellar to—I want to um, say—I lost about 20 pounds in like a little under three months. And um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty scary um, because I didn't realize, at first I didn't realize I was losing so much weight until like I was weighing myself pretty much every day. And then just seeing the numbers drop so drastically, I was excited about it. (laughs) And that is just not good. And then um, it got to a point where I remember the lowest I got was 130 and I told one of my teammates I was like oh my gosh like look how much late I lost like I'm 130 and like because she was 130 but her 130 for her height like that's where she needed to be she was like she was a phenomenal runner like that's where she needed to be but she was shorter than me so like and she knew like my race was like 150 and she was just like looked at me she's like jean like what are you doing and it wasn't till like that and just other things I was kind of just like okay like uh <laughs> And it was just slowly from there, like, the saddest part, which just seeing, like, you know, you feel like at first, at first, I think it was kind of like, I felt like I was getting faster, like, because I wasn't carrying so much weight. But then, like, everything went from here to just down so fast, like, like, running was painful, running was exhausting, running was something I felt like I dreaded pretty much every day I didn't like coming to practice I felt tired every single day I stopped um we at the nutrition center usually like I would eat with my teammates I just started eating by myself and I'd go whenever they weren't there um and then i go so people didn't have to see the way I was eating um and um yeah it was it was a really dark time for me and It was really hard, you know, your parents would come to your meets and they know like, oh, she's like, she's going to get first, second, or third, you know, because that's, I was just, I was good. I could, I could compete. I knew i to compete. And like going from that to, you know, getting second to last or like, you know, sixth, fifth, eighth place, and then not even competing, not racing. And then going from not racing, not competing, to not being able to practice, to, medically being diagnosed as anemic to medically being diagnosed as um, anemic and unable to train. Um, It was just so much. And um, that was right when COVID hit. So I stopped running and I had to take a break. And the thing was it was so bad because I kept trying to run because I had a mental thing myself like if I don't run, all this distance or all these extra miles, you know, and keep my calories low, then I'm gonna keep adding weight and I don't want to gain weight. So for a long time I did not want to gain weight back because um I just there was this trauma of just being bigger again and like being a heavier girl or seeing that number 150 because for a long time I associated that as, you know, unpretty or un you know not where I wanted to be. So when you have sickle cell trait, when your body doesn't produce enough oxygen on top of um, having a low body fat percentage, um, you you can have extreme muscle breakdown. And then on top of that, um, the anemia was from, well, my body's not carrying enough oxygen in my blood on top of having sickle cell trait. So... Um, I was just, I was in a really dangerous position to run because I was over-exerting my body already just because I wasn't eating
0: enough. The different parts of her identity began to clash.
1: Being on Blueprint, coming out of that and being a leader and, you know, seeing your, you know, colleagues, because we're all student athletes, you know, successful in their sports, you know, how great physiques and everything and just so confident in themselves you know and we have an organization that's about uplifting and building other athletes to be their authentic selves and to educate and empower them and it's like you know like I'm putting on this facade that I'm okay every day and little do y'all know like I can't travel I can't compete with my team and like I'm recovering from eating disorder and like um it's something I have to think about every single day and pretend and be there for people and pretend like I'm okay and pretend like, you know, I'm this leader, I'm this perfect, you know, person, you know, just so I can make someone else feel good. But it's like, I'm struggling every day. You know, I'm happy for my friends. I'm happy for my colleagues and everything. but It's like, you know, it hurts me because I I miss that part of being able to contribute too. Um, so it was really hard. Um, I really didn't tell them about it. (laughs) Um, because I don't ever want people to feel sorry for me. Because again, I, I always I say this a lot. God has a plan and purpose for everything. But I also look at that experience as a blessing because it helped me better become the person that I am today. And when whoever does hear this story, um, I want them to just know that like, um, you're not alone and it's okay to like feel that way and you're not always going just because you're a leader it doesn't mean you don't go through things it doesn't mean you don't experience pain or loss or things it's how you um compose yourself and you work you work towards finding a solution and you remember like there's a light at the end of the tunnel but the thing is you are the light in the tunnel so you're not going to change until Things aren't going to get better until you tell yourself you need to change.
0: Jenkins worked with the team nutritionist, psychologist, trainer, and her coach to develop a plan that weaved calorically dense food back into her diet. I had a contract
1: that they made me sign, and there was like a meal plan they had laid out for me, and they wanted me to follow it and um, go to see my counselor and to follow up with my trainer for getting like, blood tests and stuff like that um, on a regular basis if I wanted to run again and um, I said I was gonna do it so I couldn't I didn't follow the plan exactly the way it was written but I did try Um, it was very scary you know mentally like going from eating like one egg and like um, I want to say like a piece of toast in the morning and or like you know, two egg whites and, like, a pepper and, like, half a cup of fruit to, like, three eggs and, like, um, two pieces of toast and three pieces of bacon with a cup of fruit, like, it was mentally scaring me, like, and it took a long time for me to progress my way up to there, they want me to stop running in general because I need to gain weight and I need to get my body back to homeostasis. And in my mind, I was like, ah, I know what y'all are trying to do, but I'm still going to like, I don't have to run like a whole workout, but I'm just looking at a little mileage in. It, it won't be every day. It'll be every couple of days. So I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And <laughs> it was just, it was like, I love running. I, I love running. I love distance running. Um, I'm not talking about cross country. I love cross country, but I mean, yeah. So I, was, I wasn't I was taking care of myself. You know, I wasn't listening. I was being very, very stubborn. And um, it wasn't until like, I kind of realized and just talked to my parents and everything. I was like, I really need to get myself together because I can't keep doing this. The biggest thing I learned was like everyone's body, everyone's shape and everything is perfectly made for that person and so my peak as an athlete you know running 150 when I was a freshman year like that was my peak for my body whether or not you know my teammate she's same height as me or an inch taller than me and she's like 15 pounds lighter than me you know her peak is at that body weight and at that size and that's for her you know but there's so much beauty in the fact that you know, God made her perfectly and beautifully made, but he made me perfectly beautiful made in my shape and my form. And um, I'm really grateful now that I know that and like, I'm okay with that.
0: Um, so it, it's been a really long journey. When Jenkins was applying for a scholarship the next school year, she was tasked to pen a self-expression essay, telling a personal story founded in growth. Those three pages became a testament to what she went through the perception of strength that's inherent in college athletes, the impact people caring for her mental and physical health played on her treatment methods, and why she never wants another elite athlete to fall prey to the thought process that ate her alive.
1: A lot of my teammates didn't know about it. And so I just told my 800 group, I sent them my testimony that I wrote and just kind of, I want to motivate them, like let them know, you know, like, this is what I was experiencing coming into this year and kind of some of the things I was dealing with. And, um, even though season for me last year was not great either. Like I ran a lot, um, and it was trying me getting kind of back into running because my body literally went through a shock of, wow, like you're very nutrient like deficient in like everything (laughs) to all of a sudden, okay, like you're feeding me now. So now we can actually start like doing stuff again, but it's like, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you're not going to run those times overnight. I had to work. It's really hard to get, you know, back to just being healthy. And then now if you're talking about training with people who are not only already healthy, but are like in shape, so trying to get back in shape. Um, so I wasn't running nearly the times I wanted to be running or competing. Um, I think my best mark was like when my first meet's back, <laughs> but it was nowhere near like where I wanted to be. And it was honestly constantly that scaring of, okay, well I'm running good, but like, what's my weight? Okay, like I'm running better, but like, what's my weight? So I would like cut back and I would add, cut back and add. And um, it was just this constant cycle of, are you eating enough? Are you not eating enough? Um, getting blood tests. I would have to get my blood tested pretty much once or twice a week. Um, I'd have to go see the doctor probably every month or every couple of weeks. And they would ask me the same questions. Um, well, are you eating enough? Um, what's it called? Are you doing anything different? Um, it was very offensive at times, too, because I was trying. And, you know, it was that barrier that I still had, that fear of eating more. Um, It was hard because um, I had just, you know, given myself this for a long time. Like I just did not want to eat more. I did not want to, you know. And it was like I was trying my best to do it, but like it just—I
0: always felt like I wasn't enough. Her final season, donning maroon and white, Jenkins settled into her new role on the team.
1: And this year, like on the team, I considered myself as a team leader. So whether it's for the 800 group or just student athletes in general um, or people on the team, like, um, they call me Mama Jean. It's really cute. (laughs) It's so cute.
0: She was cleared to compete, but she had to continue her blood testing and DEXA scans, which measure bone density.
1: All through that year, my blood tests, I still had to get blood tests. My blood tests were up and down because I'm starting to train, but like, I'm not eating enough. So like. During the training cycle, you know, we um, get these things called DEXA scans. So um, throughout the year, they kind of track your progress of your muscle to fat ratio, like, you know, how's your body progressing? And if you increase your body fat, that doesn't necessarily mean you're like gaining weight. I mean, there's kind of a range. Athletes would like to stay in at their peak, Um, but again, everybody's body's different. So for me though, like uh, my body fat was already so low and so like it got up to being healthy going into season but like now we're running so um i you know i'm burning calories again but when you're burning calories that means you gotta eat a little bit more right um so still kind of working through that phasing i was like burning calories and like i was eating but i still was low because i still i was working out more than just not doing anything at all so when we're getting DEXA scans and everything, I'm always deficient. And um, my teammates, you know, they're gaining like six, eight pounds of muscle, like, you know, and like, they're getting strong and they look good and everything. And like, I was, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same workouts you guys are doing. Like, I'm trying to eat with y'all and everything. And like, instead of gaining muscle, I kept losing muscle.
0: As Jenkins became further removed from the disordered eating cycle, her eyes were opened to the actualities of her situation. It was a conversation with the teammate she had tried to emulate that flipped the switch in her brain. So like, I tried so
1: hard to kind of kind of fit in her figure and everything and like, you know, want to be like around her size. So I would try to like eat not as much because I wanted to look like her. Literally, I wanted to look like her. I had no idea how much she weighed, but like, I wouldn't look like her. I'll never forget one day we're talking about practice, and my teammates, like, asked her how much she weighed, and, like, they told, and she said it, and I was thinking, I was like, wow, like, you only weigh this much, well, you weigh this much, but, like, you look so much smaller than I do, like, and I weigh this, I weigh less than you, because I've been training myself to not eat as much because I want to look like you, you know, and... I was like that's so unhealthy that's so bad that's I think I had a breakthrough for myself that day because I was like what am I doing you know like what am I doing like why do I care like you know so I started working up and because I was like no matter how many pictures and stuff like we took as a group like it always looked like she was smaller than me but I was like and it bugged me it would make me so mad I was like why am I getting so upset about this like she's just another human being like that's her body like she was, that's just the way she was made. Like, you know, she's a gorgeous shape, but like, that's not my shape. That's not what's going to work for me. That's not, why am I so obsessed with looking like somebody else? If I can't even be healthy, I can't even be myself. I'm in a very much healthier place than I was. Um, my levels have been pretty good all year long. It's. It hasn't been a feeding thing. I'm kind of past that, you know? Um, I feel like mentally, whenever a person kind of goes through something as traumatic as that experience was for me. It's kind of always in the back of your head, but I'm in a different place with my eating now. Um, there's actually, I have um, my own personal back home. Um, it's a family friend of mine. So um, I've been kind of working with him, and he's definitely, um, I give him pretty much all my credit because when I was getting my Dex's back at school, he helped me get my levels right, back to being healthy, back to being consistent. I was gaining muscle. Um, I wasn't taking any substances or anything. I wasn't supposed to take. I was just eating like the right way. Twenty
0: twenty two marked the first season Jenkins had back to herself, and she was determined to make it count. When it came time for outdoor season, Jenkins placed third at the Forty Four Farms Team Invitational's Women's Eight Hundred, with a time of two thirteen thirty three.
1: So it was a really big moment for me. Um, Oh, a lot of my family came to see me because they um, knew kind of how important this weekend was for me. I've been wanting to run for so long. Um, it's been a really hard year mentally, you know, just kind of supporting your teammates. And then, like, you know, you have some days um, where your coach, Gene, you know, just helping out everybody, cheering on everybody. And, you know, having to go to the doctor, having to go get more blood tests, you know, um, and or having to take two months off. I was training really well when we came back like over over summer I trained really hard I was working out um I like I felt like really good going into season and then um I caught a cramp because of my condition with sickle cell trait and I was out for 2 months and that was 2 months of no training nothing blood testing um my eating and everything was fine and like you know I lost muscle because I hadn't been able to train And, you know, like all my teammates were training, Um, but there's been just a bunch of different little things, like whether it's a cramp or whether it's a, you know, there's things that I haven't been able to control and I know I'm doing everything else right, but um, I trust God because at the end of the day, like I'm not running to um, win a prize. I'm not running based on solely like my performance. Like, yes, I have goals in mind that I want, but I give all that and I give all the glory to God because for one, he has given me the ability to come back to be a part of this team. And then all the times I've been sitting out and not able to train, or I just would go. It was just an opportunity for me to be there for my teammates, whether that's to um, work a homey and do work, work shot put and see how amazingly talented my teammates are shot putting. And like I'm like, wow, I didn't even know like they could throw that far, or like you know working. Um, The triple or long jump or setting up blocks for my teammates, you know, or seeing other teammates of mine, like who've gone through injuries and like they're upset and like they're waiting, you know, to get back and get cleared. You know, everybody's waiting to get cleared so they can train again. It's like, you know, you see that whole face, like, you know, they're upset and then they get cleared and
0: they're practicing well and then they get to run. You're so happy for them. This weekend, Jenkins graduated from Texas A&M with a Bachelor of Science in Sport Management and a minor in business, effectively closing the chapter of her time on the track. It was just
1: so much that I didn't realize was mentally broken within myself because I allowed my identity as an athlete to dictate how I felt about myself as a person and um, my performance. And it wasn't until you know, people like him um, or my mom reminded me that like, God has made you perfectly and wonderfully made and your performance
0: does not dictate your work in this world. If you're hearing your own struggles in Gene's words, I want to direct you to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. The stories I've told thus far on closer mentality have been the vulnerabilities of elite athletes. But what happens before they're comfortable speaking like Gene has? about some of the most difficult times in their lives so publicly. Nearly all of them have utilized either a sports psychologist or a therapist. Now, I'm bringing the option to you, the listeners. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help you need. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closer Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. Jenkins concluded her testimony with this paragraph. Quote, This is the first time I've opened up and shared my story, but I know that's for the purpose and goal in mind for me to develop my testimony to share with others. I want to encourage others, educate, equip, and empower them, just as the Lord has done for me. Talent is a gift. Hard work is a desire. But faith is a commitment. To give your all and submit yourself to the highest authority." and allow him to instill you and create you in the way he's planned for you to be. No matter how much talent I had, no matter how hard I worked, I felt I was never enough. But my faith in God, the Almighty, that, my friends, was my mustard seed. And I will never stop dreaming. End quote. Thank you for listening to Jean's story in episode 67 of Closer Mentality. As always, I'm your host, Julia Bellant. You can find Gene and I's full interview at the Closer Mentality Uncensored link in the show notes, and more content from this episode on Instagram and Twitter at Closer Mental. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. See you next week.